And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. It's a very very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. Coming up in just a little bit, we've got a brand new Dead Pet of the Week theme song, Rebecca. Yay! It's been the best. It is really becoming one of my favorite things. I know, me too. And I had actually decided to skip Dead Pet of the Week this week, and I got this, and I'm like, oh. Also, we're going to hear from a woman whose grandparents ran a hospice. So that means that anytime this woman would go and visit her grandparents for the holidays or Uh something, they would be staying in a home that was filled with terminally ill people. Can you imagine? It's like, happy Thanksgiving. Woo! Oh, yeah. And don't forget, you got to follow all of our social media accounts. That way you can see stuff like the picture from Diana's aunt house. The door to nowhere. The door to nowhere. (laughs) And uh, the ghost from the security footage that we shared the other day. Yeah. Uh, Who was that again that sent us that? They didn't send it to us. That's just on Facebook. And I sent them a message and I was like, hey, can we talk to you on the podcast? And they haven't written me back. So we only could share their Facebook post. So go look at it. It's this shot into the backyard during a storm and it looks like these little ghosts running across the yard. Yeah, it's epic. I'm like fingers crossed that they're going to answer us back. Right. And then of course, please check out our website hauntedaf.com. We've got the online store going. And by the way, the Haunted AF coffee mugs, they're like selling like hotcakes. Well, and it's officially fall. You know, you can drink your warm beverage in it. I would make a pumpkin spice latte joke, but there's like a pumpkin spice backlash right now. So Okay, can I just tell you, I'm one of those people. I'm a backlasher. Pumpkin spice is overrated. It doesn't even taste like pumpkin pie. I feel as though it should taste like pumpkin pie, and it doesn't. I think it's more of a Karen connection. For some reason, I feel like people are equating pumpkin spice with angry Karens. I I could totally see that. Also, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com. Look for Haunted AF because we do post exclusive content there. And we have to say hello to Diana Mae Wiedmer. She's our brand new patron. And real quick, before we start the stories, want to send out some love to Yvonne Chapman. Yvonne sent us the story last week about her son's haunted house. And um, she sent some audio, but it was just two seconds of silence. And Mm -hmm. uh, I laughed and I was picking on her. Well, she didn't send anything back and it's because she's in the hospital. She was hit. (gasps) Yeah, or she was in a bad bike accident and so she's in the hospital with some broken ribs. I know, and here I am like giving her hell on the podcast. So Yvonne, get well soon, take care of yourself and then we want to hear your audio. Okay, so this story comes from Tommy. When I was stationed at Barksdale Air Force Base, I had a friend who lived on base in historic housing. To live on base, you have to be married or have a family. Well, my friend had lived in this historical housing on base for a few years. He got deployed, and upon returning, things didn't work out, and he ended up getting a divorce. Well, his wife and stepson moved out, left him in the house alone until he could find a new place. My friend would come to work and tell me stories. After his wife had left, the TV would start turning on by itself and turn it off this would happen once a week then it started getting more frequent it was just a little bit spooky for him well then his bedroom was upstairs and he would lay in bed watching tv and it would turn off or while he's asleep it would turn on so whatever it was was getting closer to him one night while sleeping in bed the light turned on 
and he got up to turn the light off and something smacked him. This was pretty much it for my buddy. He ended up having to move anyway. He got a new apartment and I was helping him move off base. It ended up going late into the night and I was upstairs in the closet and all I could think about was the movie The Grudge and that ghost coming down and grabbing the little kid. I was scared. I went and started screaming for my buddy. And I looked out the window. He was downstairs outside loading up the U-Haul. I went downstairs and I told him, I said, don't you ever leave me in that house by myself again. I just had the weirdest feeling. Shortly thereafter, I was in my house watching TV and the TV gets turned off. have no clue why. But I can promise you the hairs were standing up on my arms. I was a little bit nervous. This goes on, turning off, turning on. For about a week, maybe two. I was telling Roger about it. Of course, he laughed and said, well, glad it didn't follow me home. I'm glad it followed you. One night, I was fixing a drink or something for my wife, and we had this decorative jar of peppers and vinegar on the refrigerator in the middle. That pepper jar come from the middle and about hit me in the head, and it hit the countertop instead because I moved, and it busted. Needless to say, I told whatever it was, please leave. I can't have you here in my house, and I never felt it or heard or anything again. That's my story, and I hope I didn't screw up the voice recording. Oh, no, you did not at all, Tommy. Thank you for that. No, I love it. Oh, my gosh. I have a, sorry, a really dumb grudge story that I have to tell you. <laughs> tell me, please. So, my husband hates that movie. He is terrified of it. So, I have perfected the grudge noise, and every time we go swimming in the swimming pool, I always pull my hair, like, way down over my face or whatever, and then do the... Uh, And just to clarify, like Rebecca's husband is a football coach. This is not like yes. a little tiny dude. This is a big no. man. He's like, Rebecca, stop peeking on me. You know what? what? I've never seen the grudge. <laughs> See the Japanese version because it's way better. Okay, it's I better. think you have a story. So this next story comes from Andrea, who says this happened after moving her husband and two daughters into a cute 1950s-style bungalow. She says, late one night, I heard my oldest daughter, Nicole, rummaging around in her room. I went to go check on her and found she was kind of on edge. I was able to talk her into getting back into bed, but only if I slept in the room with her. And then parentheses, she says, rough night sleep on a twin bed with a five-year-old. Oh, you know yeah. How that goes. Yeah, they always starfish, always. She says, the next morning, I woke up to find her frantically rummaging through drawers again. I asked her what she was looking for, and she squeaked out, I gotta find the hairbrush. Again, I calmed her down and forgot about it until later on that night. By then, she was nearly hysterical and crying over this hairbrush. I asked her what the hairbrush was for, and I will never forget what my child told me. She whispered, oh, Jesus, this is how you know it's about to get scary. She whispered, I need the hairbrush for a little girl with yellow hair. She has a big owie on her head that messed up her hair. I found the comb, but I can't find any of the hairbrushes. Oh, don't comb oh, it. Don't, don't touch that. Ooh. No, you kind to cover up a wound of some sort. No. Holy. Okay. So she goes on to say the same daughter is now 14 and still sees things, but she says she only helps the nice one. Ah. Oh, my God. She says, next is my youngest daughter, who was a triplet. At 10 weeks, I miscarried the other two babies and then went on to have a normal pregnancy with her. Around the age of three, she came up to me and asked, why don't the kids that have the same face as me have names? <laughs> <gasps> 
okay, whew, I got to gather myself here. Yeah. Oh, because with my two ghostly gifted kiddos, I now know how the mom from The Sixth Sense felt yeah. from Andrea. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Thank you for those, Andrea. Also, did she name the other two babies? Because they obviously want names. Okay, so this next story comes from Shannon. Hi, my name is Shannon. I have a few ghost stories for you. So when I was a child, my grandparents had a hospice care in their home, so they would take care of people until they passed away. It was this big house with like six bedrooms, and they would always keep one room open for the grandkids. So we've probably slept in every single room in that house. Uh, One room in particular was big enough for two hospital beds. One night, uh, my cousins and I got that room and we decided to lay a blanket across the two beds to make a tent where we can sleep in. I fell asleep and I was in the middle of the two. Then I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard footsteps. You know the noise when you kind of drag your feet on the carpet? Uh, That's what I heard, but it was slow, kind of like somebody slowly dragging their feet. And then I heard like a rattle, a rattle of one of those metal walkers. And then I felt the carpet give way by my feet. And the way the tent was made, I was still able to see the entire room. So I looked out thinking someone got out of bed and was confused, but I didn't see anybody. My cousins were still dead asleep, so I got out of bed and checked the bedroom door. It was locked. So I went to go tell my grandma at the other end of the house. I got halfway there and got scared and ran back to my room. I was probably around 12 at that time. When I was about 16, my grandpa passed away and my grandma retired. So my parents and I moved in with my grandma to help out with the big house and um, the land. My dad doesn't like to talk about it. I think it scares him a little. (laughs) Uh, My grandma went out into the sunroom late one night to lock up before she went to bed. She looked out and under the pergola, she saw this light gray mist in the shape of a man with a hat facing her direction. The figure was still for a good minute. Uh, She started to get her phone out of her pocket to take a picture and then it just vanished completely. She also periodically would wake up to three loud bangs on her bedroom door. She describes it as someone banging on the door as hard as they can. Uh, My mom has had something growl in her ear in the middle of the night as she was walking to the kitchen for some water. She's been tripped as well in the middle of the night as she's going to the kitchen. Now I'm 27 and my mom watches my daughter while I work. My daughter is 13 months and my mom will catch her staring down the dark hallway, smile really big, wave and say hi and there's no one there. But yeah, that's my ghost story. I love your podcast and y'all crack me up. Keep up the great work. Yeah, that house is really f- haunted. (laughs) Run as fast as you can. Don't live there anymore. (laughs) I know. Think about it. A former hospice? Like, yes. That is definitely going to be haunted. Uh, So this next email comes from Riley and he says, I don't like to think of these occurrences as ghost stories. I prefer to refer to them as my guardian angels showing themselves to me. When I was six, I caught a rough case of fever and was taking a nap in my mom's bed while she cooked dinner. She called my name to tell me food was ready and when I crawled out of bed, I saw what I can only describe as a stick figure made of pure light outside the window. It was walking across my backyard and the only feature I remember is a cowboy hat on 
its head. I obviously freaked out and ran to my mom crying and telling her about it. She didn't take me seriously, but checked the backyard and found nothing. I would have written it off as a fever dream, but when I was 10 in a different house and healthy as could be, I saw it again in the backyard. I was in the living room with my dog and he started growling at the door, the hair on his back shooting straight up. I looked out the back window and saw the same exact figure, this time standing still and watching me. Again, the only thing I could really make out was a cowboy hat. Later, my granddad told me about his dad, who always wore a cowboy hat. Yeah, my granddad referred to him as, quote, a man full of light and love, and that's when I knew it was probably my great-grandfather checking in on me. Riley goes on to say, one day when I was 12, I got home from school and ran upstairs to my game room. On the upstairs landing, I saw someone in the corner of my eye, and it's as if time slowed when I turned to look at him. I saw a man wearing a black turtleneck sweater, jeans, boots and he had a military haircut. He just nodded at me with this kind look and when I blinked he was gone. I told my mom and she said that I had perfectly described her uncle Alec who had passed away shortly after I was born. I love that this uncle ghost Alec was like Dieter from SNL. That's totally not the mental image that I had but I prefer that one. That one is much better. Okay, so this next story comes from Carla. Hey, ladies. This is Carla calling from Kansas City. I just wanted to share my weird story. Basically, when I was a kid, I used to sleep like a starfish with my hands over my head. And there was one night where I felt like a finger come up from the bed and tickle me in my armpits. Freaked me out. And so from then on, I slept on my side. So fast forward, I don't know, 10 years probably. I was about 15, 16. Decided, I was like, it's been a while. I think I could probably sleep on my, you know, back again. And so I started sleeping with my arms over my head again. And I shit you not, that same finger came from underneath the bed, through the mattress, and tickled my underarm pit. To this day, I am a slide sleeper. Thanks, ladies. That is the best short story we have ever heard. Okay, and I can promise you, you are going to think about that one tonight when you are in bed. I always sleep with my hands above my head. And last night, I was just like, wait a minute. Just, yeah. The fact that it's coming through the bed to poke her in the armpit. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Oh, that was greatness. All right, so you've got one from Adam. Yes, Adam says, I worked at a drug and alcohol rehab center, but it used to be a hospital for kids with polio during that pandemic. At times, in the detox unit, patients would talk about a little girl named Mary. At first, I thought it was hallucinations that can occur from detoxing, but patients just kept talking about her in particular. They all told me about this little girl with leg braces named Mary who died in that room. One night, the security guard and I were walking the premises to check the gates. And as we made our way back, we both saw a man in a white hospital gown walking on top of the building. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So he says we ran up the stairs, which were the only way to the roof, and no one was there. Later on that same night, I was in the cafeteria getting a drink from the vending machine when I heard a child's laughter. Mary. I blew it off. Oh, you know it's her. Oh, damn. Uh, He blew it off, but then out of nowhere, a salt shaker was thrown across the room towards me. No one was there. 
He says, I got my drink and I left before one of those little bastards threw the pepper at me, too. Smart. <laughs> he goes on to say, after researching the building, I learned that it had been a mental health facility that was closed due to the mistreatment of patients. He sent me a picture of the building. We can't share yeah. it just because we don't want him to get in trouble. But it's an old, old building. And to be walking towards that thing at night in the mental image of a, somebody in, mm. in like a hospital gown on the roof. I mean, that's right out of a horror movie and or American Horror Story. We got more Haunted AF stories, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a true crime junkie? Do you love murder stories? Or are you like us and just freaky for real-life mysteries? Well, then you need to check out Sword and Scale. Julie, you actually turned me on to this podcast. It's a true crime podcast that combines 911 calls and interrogation audio to tell you real-life stories that are going to blow your freaking mind. Sword and Scale practically invented the true crime podcast genre back in 2014, long before anybody else was doing it. They created the blueprint. Yeah, and Sword and Scale's host and creator, Mike Boudet, narrates each episode to fully immerse listeners into a carefully crafted real-life story that proves that the worst monsters are real. Sword and Scale is available bi-weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today and leave a review. That's Sword and Scale, also available at swordandscale.com. Subscribe today and give it a listen. Sword and Scale, proving that the worst monsters are real. Okay, Rebecca, here it is. You ready? Yes! There are friends to the end, but sometimes they come back again. So don't be scared, don't you freak, it's just a dead pet of the week. Isn't that wonderful? And that is, uh, it's catchy. That's, yes, and that's Shoshana and with a backup from her cat named Misery. There are friends to the end, but sometimes they come back again. So don't be scared, don't you freak. It's just a dead pet of the week. I know, and I think that Misery might be the best cat name I've ever heard. Perfect. Love it. Uh, This comes from Tasha. She says, I love your podcast. Also, I have a haunted pet story. I had a cat named Sparky who passed away in 2010. I have never seen another cat that looked like him. He was the largest house cat I have ever seen with short, shiny black fur, lean and muscular with a long face. He honestly looked more like a small panther than a house cat. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. About six or so years after he passed, I was walking around the college campus when I swear I saw Sparky run across a clearing and behind a building. So obviously I ran after him, but there was no sign of my small panther-like cat. Since then, I will occasionally see a black cat out of the corner of my eye and turn to look and see no cat. There have also been several times when I'll be in the kitchen and feel a cat rub up against my leg. Aww. So I also had a ghost story from Christopher Knight from the Brady Bunch, and it's another dead really? pet story. Yeah. We were busy doing the Brady Bunch and at that time had uh, had developed some, some very close friendships with my castmates, Michael Lookinland's family, who's vacationing for a couple of days visiting their grandparents and I was along for the ride. On the first night we were there, we were all by the fire telling ghost stories about the house. The seed was set. Um, we were sent to bed. And as I'm facing the wall going to sleep, I feel this sort of faint breath. I see these two dogs. They were like hunting dogs. I look up and here's this girl, just a silhouette. And she is calling the dogs. I just go back to sleep. 
And the logic was, well, there's a girl that age in this house. I wake up and we're all having breakfast in the morning. I ask, where are those those dogs? And everybody looks at me like, I'm freaking out of my mind. We don't have any dogs here. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Okay, so our next story comes from Steve, and he says, I went backpacking with my friend Jason and drove to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania to camp and hike. We stayed at the Artillery Ridge Campground, where we were the only campers. We went to sleep in our tents that night, and after a few hours, I heard a woman and a man talking. We were in separate tents, so I said, Jason, I didn't hear you. What did you say? To no answer. So I looked at Molly, my dog, whose ears were perked up, and she was looking through the roof of the mesh tent. I also looked up and saw a woman with a pink blouse and a man with a straw hat. The woman was looking down at me through the tent. Well, that's creepy as hell. Yep. First of all, I knew she wasn't real because I also had a feeling that she was motherly and caring. I laid back on the ground and we literally looked at each other for 30 seconds or so and then she walked away. Molly never seemed uncomfortable or barked at either of them. But when I got home, I looked at the history of Spangler Farm and found that it was a Civil War field hospital. Another Civil War one. Oh my gosh. Yep. He said he found out that George and his wife Elizabeth stayed there during the war and treated over 2,000 wounded soldiers. Hope you guys find this interesting. I love the podcast. I also have some Jersey Devil stories to share if you're interested. Yes, please. Of course. I don't even know what the Jersey Devil is and I need to hear the story. I don't either. Better not be a hockey team or I'm going to be pissed. Okay, so this next (laughs) one comes from Cheryl. Hi, gals. My name is Cheryl. I'm from Kansas. And this is a story about the day I heard my grandpa speak from... The grave, so to speak. My grandfather fought in World War II. He had this booming voice that dominated the room. You could always, whenever you would hear his voice, you knew exactly who it was. And uh, he was just a spectacular man. I miss him still to this day. I miss him so much. But I knew after he passed away that he still was visiting, that my kids would react to somebody making faces at him and laughing and pointing. And I just had to say, okay, hi, Grandpa. How you doing? But um, it was a couple of years after he died, and I was living in College Hill, Topeka, Kansas, and we had a rental house. I was homesick from work, and it was one of those where you had the flu and you were too nauseous to get too far away from the bathroom. And so I was laying on our uncomfortable couch watching TV. We had one of those old TV sets that you'd have to actually get up to go turn the channel. Yeah, we're talking ancient. And I'm laying there with my small dog on my chest, Sid, who I also miss. And all of a sudden, this guy pulls up in this car outside my house with heavy bass music. I could feel through the floorboards and through the couch, which made my nausea just go through the roof. Boom, 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 kind of stuff. And I lay in there going, well, crap, I can't hear my TV show. I really want to stay here, wallow, and watch my freaking TV. Come on. So I'm starting to figure out ways to get up without making myself wretch. And behind my head in the empty hallway in this empty house, I hear my grandfather's voice so loud that my dog just tears out of the room barking, trying to find whoever it is who just invaded his territory. And all the hair all over my body is standing up. The voice said, 
and they're yeah. Look behind me. Nobody's there. The dog is still tearing around trying to find a voice. I'm like, damn it, Grandpa. I love you visiting, but really? And then I had a good laugh. But, you know, that was the last time I heard his voice. And now I wish I could hear it again. Anyway, that's my story. Have a great one. That is exactly what would happen with my dad or grandpa. It's like if they came back to me, it would probably be yelling in nothing but straight profanity. All right. And so you remember how last week I mentioned that we had another haunted, haunted house? Yeah. Okay. We had this happen last year. One of the haunted attractions here in Mm -hmm. Dallas, they said that they have ghosts there. So this story comes from Nick. Hi, guys. I volunteered at a haunted house between the years of 2008 and 2012. I worked in an area called The Trail, which is the very back of the haunt. You would see us the last. Pretty much, we just did jump scares and jumped around and acted like zombies and wild people and all that fun stuff. One night, about my second year into it, uh, I've heard a few ghost stories there about certain shadow figures and all that stuff. Well, I've never really experienced anything there yet. Well, it just happened to be one of the nights that it was me and another person. So there's a tunnel that they walk into. There's a fence next to that tunnel, and there's a tree that you would see. And I would sit in that tree, and I'd watch the group go by. And they'd go under the tunnel, and they'd come out the other side, and they'd follow the pathway. Well, and that pathway is where that tree sits. And I would jump out of the tree and get my first scare. Well, this particular night, it's... Yeah, it's like almost five in the morning and we're getting the last groups through so we can shut down and go home and get sleep and get up and go do it all over again. So I'm sitting there in the tree and I'm waiting and I see this little girl run under me from the tree. And this little girl's in an old, how I describe it as an old school play dress. And the girl's got not really darkish hair, but more gray-ish hair. And she runs under me. And she stops where I'm going to land, like where I was to jump out and where I'm going to land. And she turns around, looks at me, and giggles and vanishes. So I, I shake it off, and I'm like, okay, it's really late. Maybe I'm seeing stuff. I'm sleep-deprived. And so I, the group comes, and I do my scare, and I run around the whole haunt. Well, at the very end of the trail, there's a place called Mine Town. It's like an old little mine. Well, I beat the group there. And I see the little girl again, kind of skipping along. And I don't break my character, but I walk up to her and I go, excuse me, are you lost? Did you lose from the group? And I go to grab her shoulder and to turn her around and my hand completely goes right through her. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Am I wrong or is this the first time we've had where somebody like reaches out to touch and there's nothing there? This is the first time. That just freaks me out way too much. No. kidding oh okay have you ever played a character in a haunted house did you ever work at one of those things no i didn't and which is crazy because it sounds like so much fun i did a haunted forest when i was 13 and i was in the little fake graveyard so they Uh had this little shallow grave built for me and then they would cover me up with leaves and then when the people would come through i would jump out and scare everybody but i'll tell you in that period of time where you're laying there in the woods at night in the dark (laughs) and you're listening to the voice 
voices and you're hearing the other screams, like it's so exciting. But the idea of actually seeing something in that moment, mm-hmm. I, I would shit my pants so fast. Like, I don't know how he was able to run after this kid without dropping trowel. But we need more of those. If you've worked at a haunted house or a haunted attraction like that and you got a story, you have to tell us about it. Please send it to us, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Let me repeat it because I don't want you to forget it. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, we're taking all kinds of stories written, recorded, audio, video. Send everything to us, please. So coming up next week, we're going to hear a story from Anthony Young. He's a comedian from the UK that we love. So glad he reached out to us. And we've also got this story from a 911 operator who took a terrifying call about, you ready for this? Ready. A clown. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I'm out at clown. And that's all coming up on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we gotta thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.